Before we get too far into this podcast, thank you to the folks at Racetech. Pulp 22 is the code to save. Well, it's going to be Pulp 23 real soon. Tell them you listen to Pulp MX Show. Tell them you listen to Steve Mathis. They'll give you a discount. Racetech.com, privateer proven. They've been in the game for a long, long time, and they can make your bike work better. Get your suspension oil changed. Get the right spring rate for your weight and or speed. And uh, Racetech can help you out. And also, they'll sign an NDA. And they'll do your motor work for you. Uh, they have a lot of CNC machines and uh, certainly on the cutting edge of what's working in our sport, both suspension and motors, race tech. Thanks to the folks at All Balls Racing, whether it's hot cams, whether it's hot rods, whether it's Vertex Pistons, allballsracing.com has got everything you need for your bike. Great prices as well. Go there. Go order, it through, order it through Motorsport. The, the quality of the parts are fantastic. I've used it in all of my vintage builds and uh, along with my own bike. So please check out allballsracing.com and be much more satisfied with some of the pricing and product that you can get from those guys. All right. On to the show. A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continuing gracious support of our sponsors, we're thriving at over 1,800 podcasts delivered with over 20 million downloads. Click the Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original moto podcast featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews, race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's the voice bringing it all to you, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. Thank you for listening, man. Thanks to the folks at Fly Racing. Great company, great products. Uh, they've got tons of lines of gear on, on available as well, whether it's off-road stuff for their patrol stuff. they got um, uh, low-end um, pricing ones. they got high-end, their Evo. And their light has the boa uh, uh, on the front and the back. So that's really simple, something uh, really innovative that the guys at Fly have done. The Formula Helmet is, uh, I, I believe, the safest best helmet out there read the technology from the conad eps to the rion technology read about it on flyracing.com uh, and tell me you can find a better helmet they've got multiple uh, lines of that uh, as well just different shell constructions changes the price but the safety features are basically all the same flyracing.com of course rj hampshire and julie swole are running it and you got joey savacci in it shane McElrath. a lot of guys wearing fly racing justin brayton still out there racing in fly racing so thank you to those guys for making it happen and uh, they've been uh, making huge leaps and gains in the sport for a long, long time. Thank you, Fly Racing. Thank you to the folks at Maxxis Tires as well, MXSTs. Developed by some guy named McGrath and uh, put in the main events by some guy named Alex Ray and Cade last year. Uh, Alex Ray will still be running the Maxxis coming up this year. Some interesting and cool things coming from those guys uh, down the line. So Maxxis.com. Mountain bike tires are amazing. So thank you to uh, Maxxis.com for all of that. And uh, if you want to support the sport, they uh, in light truck tires, mountain bike tires, trailer tires, dirt bike tires, of course, uh, MXSTs. Check out Maxxis.com. Thank you, Renthal. Uh, over there in the UK, they make some of the best products in the sport, Monster Energy Kawasaki, and, of course, Honda, and, of course, Red Bull KTM, all using Renthal. Uh, Honda hasn't used anything else since 1986, so 
you know it's pretty damn good when Honda's putting it on their bikes. Renthal.com, chains, grips, uh, sprockets, of course, and the handlebars, whether it's a 7 eighths bar for old school guys or whether it's the uh, Fat Bar 36, they'll have you covered with that. Renthal.com for more information on that. Really informative website, dealer locator as well. Uh, they got some special edition stuff coming out this year to be excited about. So Renthal.com. Uh, thank you to those guys for supporting the show. Motorsport.com and Cobolinks will tell you more about later on, but I hope you enjoy this Fly Racing Racer X podcast because I know I did. All right, on to the show. And now, as promised on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, a friend of Pulp MX in so many ways and a guy that is going through what a lot of racers go through um, that we've talked to on our show over the years, and he's going through it you know, in a different sport, but really in the exact, exact same manner that those guys go through it. It's an athlete. Uh, deciding to end the dream and then thinking about what's next. And, of course, a lot of our listeners know this man well and and appreciate him. It's uh, Chris Betts. What's up, Betts? How are you, man? Nothing much. Just trying to uh, learn the new the new way in life and new career and not be a dumb athlete anymore. <laughs> Listen, the, the, this gives you more time to steal meat from my dear friend Nick. So, I got some falling out for tonight in the kitchen right now, actually. Oh, well, I, you know, I hope you can live with yourself. Um, yeah, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Look at, um, you know, you, you'd mentioned your retirement. Um, well, see, this I is. I quit. Yeah, I okay, quit. exactly. I was just going to get into that. You really quit. You quit playing baseball. Yeah. Um, no, I, 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 I quit. Yeah. I don't like the retirement thing because unless you can never, unless you have to need to never work again, and you did sign a huge contract bets but that was a long time ago and, and and there's definitely no way you could live on that for the rest of your life uh you have to get a real job which you did and so you quit baseball um uh, really look you, you were you were a high draft pick uh catcher it's a premium position you um you had a good on base uh, average you hit for power all the things that you know was good for a catcher uh you had a couple tommy johns in there surgeries which are not great but having said all of that, we, we Team Bets, we thought 2022 was going to be much better. You'd signed with the Dodgers. They had promised you some, uh, some at-bats at a lower level to kind of get back into it after some injuries. But it never happened. Um, I guess let's, let's, so let's rewind a little bit. When did you decide, like, I'm, I'm done? I, I'm done. Because like, this year was very frustrating for you. Yeah. I, so when I knew I was done um, was when I kind of just got – fed up with my situation and uh for lack of a better term i just wasn't playing as much as i wanted to um and there was some miscommunication as you said on my camp's part the dodgers part you know who knows where it went wrong as you know that that could go a million different ways and i'll never know where it went wrong Mm -hmm. um and about midway through the summer you know we're we're sitting on a rental boat on a lake on an off day and you know just hanging out with my buddies and I just kind of had this realization, like, I can't believe this job and what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis is what's keeping me from, you know, enjoying this part of life of sitting on a lake on the weekend with some buddies and just, you know, hanging out and having mm-hmm. a beer. Um, so that kind of started it. And by the time that I knew I was done and wanted to walk away, it was probably July. Um, and I called my agent and my agent basically told me, well, whenever you're done playing, you're going to come work for me. And that was something that I actually had always envisioned myself in some capacity doing, but Mm -hmm. how do you, how do you, how do you tell, or how do you ask someone like, Hey, you know, if I quit, can I come work for you? Like, you know, I don't have much of a resume myself outside of baseball. So that was a huge relief for me. And I was ready to quit 
and ask for my release and start the agent stuff immediately. But I'm looking back on it extremely grateful because my agent told me, you know, this is going to be a blessing because I'll get to enjoy the last two or three months of my career knowing it's over and have my own little quiet, silent going away tour that, you know, me and my circle <laughs> knows about. Um, and, and I filled you in, but I mean, pretty much the only people that knew that it was completely over was, you know, Adam, my family, my fiance, and one or two buddies on the team. And outside of that, I kept it real hush hush just, you know, so I didn't step on anyone's toes or ruffle any feathers with the team I was with. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's a tough decision for sure. I was trying to talk you out of it for the record. Um, yeah, yep. because like you, your your position is premium. There's not a lot of great catchers. You don't have to be a superstar to get a spot on a major league team. Like you know, there's there's right. there's, there's there's catchers are needed, and right. you played that position, and you know, like. I follow baseball pretty closely. You always hear of these guys that toiled away that got their shot. Uh, I'm not saying you would have, you know, become a major league all star, but just to get in some right. games, I, I was trying to talk you out of it. But yeah, just you weren't having it. Um, just and I just thought because of the position you played, uh, it could it could still happen, and to not let go of that dream. Uh, but you know, yeah, looking back on it, I'm sure you know the the odds didn't look great for you to make the majors, but. Like at, yeah. at, at, a, at a catcher's position, you never know. That's where I was coming from when I was telling you on text to stop it, shut yeah. up, shut up and play. Well, yeah. that's what that's what's really interesting, too, is I still till this day am a massive certainty, you know, 80, 90 percent certainty that at some point in my career, I could have caught my way to the major leagues, mm -hmm. um, sticking in the major leagues and, you know, making enough money in the major leagues is a totally different story. And I, I viewed it as, you know. I, I've been spending my savings for eight, eight years of my life. Um, and I would be, you know, continuing to tap into that and say it did go great. And I got a, a full year of time in the major leagues and I made $700,000 in that year in the major leagues. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have this up and down career and fast forward, I'm 32. It's time to have a family and it's time to walk away. Well, I don't have enough money in the bank to retire. And now instead of 25, with no work experience. I'm 32 with yeah. no work experience. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that I never wanted to do was coach. And in my opinion, when you stay in the game for that long, you're pretty much indebted to it. And that's one of your only options, unless you have an in, and, you know, my family's real estate agents, my parents own a brokerage, but it's just not something I really wanted to do. And, you know, the last thing I wanted was, I, I guess the way to put it is I wasn't so desperate to call myself a major leaguer or to tell my kids I played in the major leagues to potentially put myself in a very pigeonholed position in six to seven years. So this was very much a decision based off of, I guess, the the future and, right. uh, I guess, goals and what I wanted to do with my life. So you you touched on the the miscommunication between the Dodgers and your playing time, and, you know, you had made it to double A with the Rays, uh, but nothing much happened there, and then so you took a step down. Like bitterness over that, like because it did seem like me following you from the outside, and you maybe you didn't tell me everything that was going on. I don't even know if you really got a shot at all this year. Like a real, oh. like hey, like let's give bets, you know, whatever, a hundred bats or something. Yeah, no, there's there. You're one hundred percent right. I didn't even get really a chance. The the plane, and obviously people are going to go look at the stats and say, oh, you played twenty games, you had bad numbers. Of course you didn't, which I get, um, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, I was doing my job really well where pitchers 
were requesting to throw to me and wanting to throw to me. And usually that's enough to, uh, when, when you have people in the clubhouse vouching for you mm-hmm. like that, that's usually enough to, to get you some more playing time. And it never came my way. And it went so far as, you know, I was off the roster for yeah. most of the season. Right. Um, right. Which, I mean, I just feel like, look, the Dodgers signed you. They wanted you. They threw you money to play for them, and then to treat you like this, I, God, I'd be a little bitter. Yeah, and, and it's it's really interesting because I have a pretty level head about it. it <laughs> I, I think, in my opinion, this goes back to 2021 when I broke my finger and I missed you know uh, two-thirds of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew I was fighting a massive uphill battle from that point on because in 2019, I, I played the whole year. I played 100 games. That was my only healthy season of my career. Um, and I played a hundred games and then 2020 happens, COVID miss everything. 2021, the very first game of the season, I break my finger and I end up only getting 150 something, maybe 200 at bats in the season. And so you look at it from the standpoint of 2022 and kind of to go back to me walking away in the last three champion or in the last three years, calendar years, I had maybe you know, 370, 400 at bats. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just knew the odds were stacked against me and I hadn't even played that much in the last three years. And, and as you see in, in moto, these guys who take time off or miss time with injuries or they you just, you just don't come back the same. It's, yep. it's hard to regain that, uh, that skill level. So yeah, bitterness, not really, but yeah, man, what a wild miscommunication that was. That really <laughs> yeah. was not what I signed up for. No, uh, and no. I guess I can say that now that it's over. So that was where a lot of the anger stemmed from. But looking at it now, it's it, it's it happened. It, um, I think I'd be better for it. So you know, I was kind of getting ready to draw this thing out into baseball is all you know. It's all you've ever done. Getting ready for spring mm-hmm. training. Uh, did you ever have a real job, Bets, at all? No, I mean, the typical, like, mowed lawns growing up. Okay, but, yeah, nothing from, like... That was it. Yeah, yeah. okay, so uh, so this is all you know your whole life, just like any moto kid, you know, and all of this stuff. But, man, you do sound, you know, obviously a little bit of bitterness, like you said, looking back on all the things you just talked about, but you do sound pretty at peace with this. You, you sound pretty good with it. Yeah, there there was... there's, and I don't know if it's hit me yet. I really don't. I thought it did. Um, I went to a playoff game. And that was really hard for me walking into the stadium and you see, you know, the major league playoff game going on. You're like, mm-hmm. wow, like that's not the dream anymore. Yeah. Um, that's not the goal. That's not possible. It's not in the cards. Um, but I, I, in a way I have been going through a little bit of an identity crisis, you know, like waking up in the mornings and it's like, man, like I'm not going to the gym or I'm not going to the cage to hit or my cage in my backyard is just sitting. It, it, it is, it is weird, and my fiance gets on me all the time for, I guess, acting like it's all peachy keen and everything's great. But it's been it's been a really tough. Okay, uh, it's so, been a tough couple so, months for me. So it has been okay. Yeah, you're not you're not acting like it much in group texts or anything else. But it has been. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. You know, you're you're still young, baseball terms, right? Um, so yeah, um, you teach kids in in the off season. The last few years, you've done some lessons with kids and, and you know helped out but then earlier you said not interested in coaching not at all yeah yeah it was i i just don't i i don't i guess i just don't love it that much like i don't love it i don't love baseball that much where you know i i don't love the sport that much i loved playing but it's a boring sport it it's 
it's not, you know, the agent side of it, I get the fast pace. I get to be involved in the sport that I, I do love it. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't, I guess I don't have the, the attention span or the, the will to just sit there and watch it religiously all the time. I, I'd kind of rather be involved in the other things in the sport that interest me mm-hmm. um, elsewhere. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and to, to maybe give our audience who doesn't know, like the, the uh, rough life of a minor leaguer, like everyone oh. sees these contracts, you know, the, the, the general moto public sees these baseball contracts and sees a left-handed reliever making $2 million a year and pitching, you know, 40 innings and, and that does happen, and it is out there. But 90% of baseball players are in the minor leagues making no money, trying mm-hmm. bu- on a bus, and, and it, it is not an easy life. Not at all. No. No. The, to put in perspective, the first time that you mentioned me on Pulp when I bought some raffle tickets and you know asked, asked Adam, how do, I get, how do I buy these tickets, or I saw this thing, yada, 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 I was in the middle of an eight hour bus trip, like just listening to your show. Uh And it's, it's, you know, you're staying in red roof inns at the lower levels and you're, you're showing up to play in front of 600 people. And and after that game, you bust through the night, 10 hours and do it again the next day. It's like not glamorous is not even scratching the surface of what it is. It's a very poor, uh, and how much are you making? What, what's what are you making for these minor leaguers? Uh, about nine hundred dollars every two weeks. Yeah, yeah. So and, and it's gone up a little bit more. I don't really know because I wasn't on the stock right. contract my last year. Um, they, I mean, they're obviously they're they're taking steps to try and improve it, but at the end of the day, it's still below yes. minimum wage. It's bad conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, some teams like the Dodgers take unbelievable care of us. It was the luxury of the minor leagues, and even then, it was still sure. an absolute grind. It was it was pretty yeah. brutal. And, and you know, so if you didn't hang it up, you're looking at finding a new team and back to the grind. Or I was trying to get you to play some independent ball, and you're like, hell, oh, no, <laughs> uh-uh. yeah, because that's somehow worse. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just not. You don't get treated like a human in independent ball. That's for sure. Right, right. I don't even know what to compare it to in moto. Usually, I have some good comparisons to draw. Yeah, but I think the things that people don't see is you know, like you go to. Say for your California listeners, they go to a Lake Elsinore Storm game and, you know, it's 4th of July and the place is sold out and the guys are in good uniforms and it has the appeal of something Mm -hmm. just below the level of the major leagues. And, you know, some of these guys are going home and shacking up six guys to a two-bedroom and they're, you know, eating five eggs for breakfast and some save on sausages. It's all they can afford. And mm-hmm. then they're going out and they're playing the sport again. And they're playing every single day, doing it over and over and over. And yeah. most of the, most of my teammates, my whole career just lived as an extension of college. Essentially, you know, they got a debit card that mom and dad give them a certain amount of money for every month. And if yep. you run out, you better figure it out. Um, so it's, it's not, it's not what people think it is. It's, no, be- it's, that's kind of one of the issues with our sport. Well, and then, you know, I've certainly given you tons of shit for the $1.4 million contract yep. you signed, um, yep. years ago. Right. Uh, yeah. but you were smart with that and put in some real estate and like, yeah, it, you look at taxes, you look at agent fees, you look at everything and, and you know, I, I give you shit about it, but that money, yeah, that's not going to help you on these bus rides and on, no, you know, yeah, it's gone. Yeah. yeah it's, it's. And guys who don't get that, who played as long as I do, I I personally don't I don't respect the the guy who who puts himself in a 
in a bad life position to continue chasing this dream. You know, at a certain yep, point, yep. At, at a certain point, you take care of your family. And, and, and you've seen those guys, I'm sure, <laughs> over yeah, and over. And, right. And, and, you know, you can call me out of touch because of my situation, but I walked away because if I continued on this track, I, I was, I wasn't going to have much to my name. Yeah. Like, I, you're spending everything you it's pay to play uh just like the lower levels of motocross and you know i these guys get paraded as as these knights in shining armor and you know it gets to a certain point where it's if, you, if that's what you want to do fine but mm-hmm. you can't complain about your living situation if you're signing up to do this over and over and over again if your guy doesn't make that offer to you and make it sort of easy to jump into agent baseball agent life do you maybe grind it out again or do you no no i was done okay. yep. yeah yep. i was probably calling you next <laughs> co-host <laughs> co-host the show yeah hey this week yeah. adam seen cirillo again everybody <laughs> yeah yep. exactly no i was i was and i was i was out of it for a multitude of reasons but the biggest part was you know it's 110 and no disrespect to anyone who lives in tulsa we loved our time in tulsa this season but you wake up it's 110 degrees in tulsa oklahoma and i'm looking at hannah and you know we own this house in Long Beach, California, across the street from my parents. Mm-hmm. And it's like, is this really what's keeping us from enjoying our lives and, yeah. and actually having fun on a day-to-day basis? Like, you know, we're, we're 1,500 miles away from our families for what? For me to play once a week? So when you're off the roster and you've made that decision, you're going to hang it up, does it get a little more peaceful, those games? Oh, so much better. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was so enjoying And like I said, very few people knew. One, mm-hmm. one guy on the team – um adam and and adam didn't even blink an eye at it he was i was i was kind of hoping he would be like nah like it's not time don't do it just to get that counter everyone was so supportive of it and so i was the only one that was i was the only one against yeah 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 exactly but the uh (laughs) the the last couple months were just hannah and i had a blast okay um i i went out way more the second half of the season than i did the first half because the first half of the season i was just spinning my wheels trying to figure out what the fuck was going on mm-hmm. um but yeah so it definitely again like i said it was a mini farewell tour that no one knew about but myself and it was awesome it was so great mm, okay yeah so it did help a little bit too that that shitty situation and hey near the end of the year did you get two doubles and four rbis or two what was what was yeah, that? yeah. I, I that was that was when it was that was actually the nail in the coffin for me so i hit I hit a home run on a first pitch of my first at bat. Mm-hmm. And the first pitch of my second at bat, I hit another home run. That's it. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then my third at bat, I hit a go ahead double and they took the pitcher out. And I don't know if I'll ever forget this. They took the pitcher out and I'm standing at second base, you know, during the pitching mm-hmm. change, just kind of looking around. There's a big crowd. Like I saw Hannah in the stands and I just, I felt nothing. I had no adrenaline. I had no, uh, inkling of man maybe i'm hanging it up too soon i mean it's the best that was the best yep. night of my career <laughs> and i felt it's like i went and won a supercross and i felt nothing yeah um, which justified so it, it all actually, yeah right at, at first i was like a little scared about it and then i you know when i kind of digested that more as the night went on i'm like oh wow like i'm making uh i'm making the right decision here right um, yeah that was pretty cool so, when we saw that on uh on our group text yeah yeah, it was pretty cool to see that you did have a game, you know. Yeah, and it was it was cool, you know. Like the, I mean, I I played one more game after that. I didn't want to play. Uh, we actually had no catchers healthy, 
And if I had it my way, if we weren't making the playoffs, I would have, I would have pieced out. I would have said, I'm going out on that note. I'm done. Um, but team needed me a little bit. So I, I didn't do that, but I, I, there's a lot of me that wanted to just say, man, it wouldn't it be cool to just say, okay, like that's the note I'm ending on and, yeah. and never yeah. play again. So, but it, it was cool. I had my little Hollywood moment at the end. Mm-hmm. The, uh, got some smiles out of it. The team was pretty stoked with the moto following. We found out. Oh my God. They were <laughs> pumped. Yeah. They, they, when that electric dirt bike rolled out, yep. um, with the mascot, I was like, oh boy, they, they figured this one out real quick. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Pretty, pretty fun Tulsa, to see that. Yeah. Tulsa, I think I got the most uh, of any of my seasons. I got the most moto people, you know, in that area. And like we had, we had a night where some fans they opened up. Well, they tricked us. They told the players that the ownership was going to open up the the bar in the outfield for us mm-hmm. um, after a game, which is which is pretty common. They do that once or twice a year for the guys, just as a thank you. Yep. And we show up out there, and there's freaking fifty fans also at the bar. Ah. And we were all we were so pissed. And and these guys came up to me, and they were just super polite. They're like, "Hey, man, like we saw the Ethica hat. We know you're. Are you Chris Betts?" And I met these two really nice Moto fans. Um, Dark Side came out. Uh, Everyone who said they'd heckle me didn't say one crossword to me. Yeah, that's very disappointing. Um, I'm, I'm very disappointed yeah, about that. Count I made, that, I made count it that as my an, career without getting. Well, count that as another failed pulp uh, experiment. <laughs> yeah, a lot of pulp listeners are all bark, no bite, but they were all <laughs> incredible. I was blown away at how many came out. You know, yep. like Arkansas, Oklahoma, Texas. It was everywhere, so it was really cool. Yeah, that that is that is pretty cool. Uh, this new uh, role for you—it's you're you're an, a, like a junior agent with a, an underneath your guy, and it's a little bit like minor league baseball, right? Bets. I mean, these are not Scott Boris deals that you are signing right off the bat. No, um, no. You, you've got to learn the ropes a little bit, huh? What what will kind of take take us through what what the steps are to you know being a, um, you know a premier agent in the sport and wh- where you're at now. Yeah, so uh, Major League Baseball offers their certification like only once a once a year. So I'm just basically waiting to get certified. Um, but the company that I'm with, Dan Lozano, is my head agent, uh, owner of the group, and he has done you know Boris deals. He's done I think two or three billion dollars in uh, yeah. contracts. Yep. So. To what you said, my only job right now is to really, you know, find players I like at any level and try and sign them. And, you know, I have Danny in my pocket as that mentor and teacher through this all. But, I mean, I essentially got the keys. I got the keys to the to the car way faster than most people just because of my experience in the game and my knowledge of the contract side and everything I've been through. So right now I have two clients. I have one, or I'm advising a college kid. I use air yeah, quotes. Right. Um, yep. You have to... I'm, ad- I'm advising a college kid out of UCI at a Irvine, and then I signed my first pro client who's in AAA with the Dodgers. Um, and yeah, it's it's been great. I mean, definitely thrown right into the fire. It's pretty crazy to think that I was playing three months ago, and I have some people that I'm already responsible for. Yeah. So it's it's all encompassing though the company makes it really easy and it's really easy for me because i've been with these people since i was 15 years old so this company's represented me for a decade uh which makes it really easy for me to talk to a player and i I say sell the company but i guess just give my um personal experiences on it because it's something that i believed in as a player it makes my job so much easier yeah you can definitely tell the tell your prospective clients look man 
been with these guys since I was 15. Here's what they do for Tatis and these other guys. Here's what they did for me. Exactly. You know, like, uh, trust me that, you know, Dan uh, can run it and all of this. Um, but it's also a competitive business. Like you said, you've been with a guy since you were 15. So now you mm-hmm. have to find other people who need an agent. And for, you know, every star player, there's 10 that don't make it or 15 that don't make it. And you have to have that eye, I guess, huh, bets to know that I this, this guy could go somewhere, this guy can do it. And then once you have an eye and you now you have to maybe lure them away from their agent or that's pretty competitive or how does it work? Yeah, so the, the guys who are represented, you know, if someone approaches you and says they'd like to switch, you know, we're, we're hands off until they fire, mm-hmm. um, until they fire their guy. Just it's not yep. – you don't want to be involved in the sleazy – stealing you know if you want us come over i need you to fire your guy before we talk yeah um but on the recruiting side yeah it's it's uh it's it's really interesting because a lot of these guys are being courted by multiple companies and the way that a goal that i have is just to really not not turn into the stereotypical agent you know and one thing that i've been really trying to do is just sell myself and sell the company by just being a good and genuine person Mm -hmm. and not stooping down to the level of the shit talk and the smear campaign and the, the whole nine yards that goes along with it. It's uh, it's greasy at times, huh? Yeah, it it can be. And I guess that's, that's kind of my soapbox that I'll stand on with the potential clients is like, I'm not a greasy guy. I'm not going to be greasy. I've, I've only been with one agency and I met with all of them as an amateur. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the decision I made and I stayed with them and they stayed with me. I mean, I cost this company a lot of money cause I never made them anything after the draft. Um, <laughs> sure, right. so I, I, like I, you know, and I still got the same quality of treatment. So like you said, I was, I was the guy who in the draft was supposed to be the superstar and it never panned out and they still treated me as such every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's, it's cutthroat. It's hard. It's it's really weird to hear you know your name come up in a negative light for just random things that you've never done. Like you know, as soon as you enter into this field, it's you got a target on your back, and that's been a really wild thing for me. Is because I'm just sitting here, you know, like I love everyone. I, I get along with everyone. Mm-hmm. I I'm a bubbly guy, and it's like wow. Like I, I tell parents, I'm like, listen, the worst thing that you can say about me is I couldn't hit a fucking breaking ball. <laughs> uh, outside of that i'm a pretty yeah. solid dude i just can't hit yeah um and they they eat that one up so it's it's been it's been really interesting that's a part of the industry that i knew was out there i just was not prepared for it to come crashing this quick well yeah but it, it is competitive right and then you know for something else that people need to realize too and, and moto people listen to this um you know for six years uh, of a major league play, six years a, a team is controlling a player Salaries are not high, therefore agents' commissions are not high. Like yep. you're you're gonna grind that out too if you get a guy in the majors. You know, like yeah. It, so yeah. if a guy gets to the majors, we won't. The company doesn't make a cent off of them for three years. Okay, until they get to salary arbitration. Arbitration, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know, obviously, your real money's made in free agency. But when you sign an amateur player, you know, you might get a little bit from the draft but outside of that it's it you wait until they get to free agency so like you said like identifying the talent and all that has been that's something that i try and leave to the scouts and the people who are professionals at identifying talent so if i find a kid that 
that I think is pretty solid or a college kid, Mm -hmm. um, I'll just call a bunch of scouts that I trust and I know and get their professional opinion. Mm -hmm. And if their professional opinion contradicts what I said, I'll I'll cross the kid off and I won't make contact. Or if it's a glowing review and and everything lines up like, cool, like this is a guy I want to, I want to approach and I want to go after. So I try to, I try to minimize using my baseball experience as much as possible because I was a professional player, not a professional evaluator. Mm Mm-hmm. And you see it in moto. Like you get these guys who speak on the sport after they're done just racing for a decade and they, they sound stupid. It's, it's a totally different commenting on baseball as a player is totally different than commenting on it as an evaluator. Um, and that's something that I want to try and avoid. So I just try and use as many of my resources that I have as possible, but it's hard. Can you, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but can you just – is it a shotgun approach? Like you just get 30 guys and and, and you hope to hit? Like – or do you go no, – like, so you know, what, does Dan, be, what does Dan give you for advice, like, you know, on that kind of – Yeah, stuff? so, I mean, you, you, wanna, you want to sign the players that are going to make money. So you kind of look at it from multifaceted. You don't look at a guy and say um, – I think he's going to be a major leaguer when he's 16 years older. I think he's going to be a big league all-star. Obviously there's those evaluations and projections. Yeah. Um, but it's just step by step. So the first step is we got to get this kid drafted and we got to get him paid. So where does this kid project to go in the draft? And there's plenty of kids out there who, you know, aren't going to make money in the draft and they're not, they're not going to be top picks, but they have a very good chance to be a major leaguer with whatever skills they presently have. Mm-hmm. Um, so, really like with on the amateur side, it's just trying to identify the most talented prospects at that level. And then if they get in a pro ball and they go into the big leagues and they're an all-star and a hall of famer, that's all great. That's a perk, but it's just really step-by-step. You're just trying to get them paid uh, in the draft and then move on to that next step and get them to the big leagues. And, um, but that's, what's nice is it's not my job to get the player to the big leagues. Like I don't blame Dan Lozano for my failed career. That's all on me. Like, so uh, that's, that's also a nice part too, is it's all kind of on them. Um, it, it's their 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 boat to drive. So, are you on a salary and a commission, or are they throwing you to the wolves and being like, "You're just gonna get what you can make"? I plead the fifth. Okay, I, don't, I think yeah. <laughs> okay, so my next thing, I think, what you should do is, you know, how how old are we talking for some of these kids that you, you you're looking at and talking to? Oh boy. Fifteen. Yeah. So what you what you should do, bets, and you know me, I got a lot of ideas about a lot of things. You should bring your glove to the meetings. Oh boy! You bring your glove, and you come. You show up. You know, wear something that you can squat down in, and 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 and, and you just tell the kid, "All right, see what you got." And the kid will be like, "What?" And just make him rip a rip a pitch at at a dinner. Because yeah, because think about how many agents didn't play pro ball or didn't know what they're doing or whatever, right? Right? Like you know what I mean? I'm sure there's some of them, but you're probably pretty rare, uh, and you're yep. right off the playing field, and so just right there at the Ruth Crisp or at the Applebee's, you get yep. down and you get the kid. You see the you look at the kid's stuff. Yeah, and I mean that's not a bad idea in the in the back room. I I uh, I think I'd get fired. And if I was the kid's parents, I would advise him to fire, like, to fire me Why? as well. Why? Um, I mean, I, I, I do respect the idea, though. I could, I could only imagine the, the looks I would get. Why? But, uh, Nobody knows what, uh, what, uh, how much movement on the ball, except for the catcher. I mean, you, you're in an ultimate position to be like, this kid's got the goods. 
it's a great idea. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, I, I honestly, other than it not being professional, I wish I had another neg a knock on it. There's real, <laughs> like, I, it's really hard for me to say this is a terrible idea. Like, maybe well, just time and place is wrong, but you it's tell, not the worst idea. Can you pass it on to Dan? I don't. Dan's hard to get a hold of some days. I think he's busy right now, so I might have to wait. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, I just the, I, you know, that's how I would do it. But just have have the waiter stand in as a right. hitter too. Who who's who's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Have the waiter stand in. Hey, are you a lefty or righty? What are you? You know? And, yeah. Uh who's who's got more insane arguments on our group text, myself or Kellen Brower? Some of Kellen's baseball takes, I'm like, you know, dude, for how knowledgeable he is, they frighten me. He is a great <laughs> baseball mind. And some of his takes, and I I can't even think of one off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm telling you, and it, I, this will always remain my favorite thing about our group text is just JT dropping in with some random mid-90s, early 2000s, like, We'll be talking about an uh, insert random Blue Jays player, and he'll he'll say Joe Carter, yeah, 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 right. Like Ken Griffey, yeah. Like I, that's that's honestly <laughs> that's my favorite. And then he'll ask a follow up question that actually puzzles me and makes me think because I, I I can't even put together how he got there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'll, I'll say Kellen. I you're more your your questions are more from like a fandom standpoint which i can get behind Uh kellen puts me in some positions where i'm thinking and i'm like no he's not right that's not right like but he makes me question myself it's it's good you guys you guys have easily the most baseball knowledge in the moto community by far we i don't know about that but i think we're up in the we're probably the upper percent wise you know it's not a high bar (laughs) no that's what i'm saying right yes it's not there's not a lot of people that even fall into that category no no absolutely not uh, Chris Betts on the uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Renthal and Cobolinks, motorsport.com, and the folks at Maxis Tires as well, talking about uh, Betts' new new life, new career here. So how much travel do you have to do, Chris? Uh, quite a bit. I When I got home from the season, I was home for about four to five days, and then I was on a plane to Florida. And I was in Florida and Arizona for about a week and a half, uh, Coming up here in January, I'll leave a couple times, and then I'll be gone for all of spring training. Uh, oh, you I'll will? Be in yeah. Florida. Okay. Yeah, I'll be in Florida and Arizona for all of spring training. Um, so it's it's a lot. It's a lot of travel, but it's much nicer and more enjoyable travel than minor league baseball. So yeah, yeah, for sure. I would much rather take a six-hour flight than a 12-hour bus ride. Why do you have to be there all spring training? Like, Are you flying and checking in on different clients, or what are you doing? You yeah, know, like- so it's, it's a combo of – checking in on clients we already have and like there's there's a we have we have several agents at the company all from different parts of the country so say i'm in town with a meeting with a prospective client um and one of our other agents has a client that's on the same team mm-hmm. um i'll i'll take him out to dinner and you know just entertain him it's kind of a it it even though i don't get paid from his guys it, it's a group effort thing of just seeing sure. who we can when we can and then uh, in addition to spring training is when a lot of guys interview agents and new agents. Um, oh, okay. So, so it's just one of those things that if you're not there, you're you're missing out big time on some potential opportunity. Do you feel like, obviously, most of the guys you played with the last few years in Tampa organization or in, in Dodgers, most of them have agents, but do you feel that you have some of these guys that you, know, you just got hammered with at 3 a.m. and you puked all night uh, and you guys, you know, threw um, – uh, you know, Applebee's uh, egg rolls at each other, like real good buddies. Do you feel like you're going to get some of those guys to 
come over? Yeah, I mean, like literally, like if you replace Applebee's with Chili's, yeah, I the, the pro guy that I have is literally that. Oh, okay, like, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Like we've we've been in food fights with Chili's samplers. Before. Okay, like so, yeah, yes, like you nailed it. You I, as unprofessional as it sounds, like yeah, a lot of the guys that I've spent that type of time with and I've logged those uh those hours with are the guys that I'm kind of courting for sure. a potential uh, new representation just from the standpoint of we have an already unbelievable level of trust. And um, most of the guys I played with were college guys. So I have an extra three years in pro ball on mm-hmm. them, even though we're the same age. So that led to even before I made this decision, you know, a lot of conversation about their contract structure and mm-hmm. what's next. And and we've talked, there's, there's, there's drafts while you're in baseball. There's, there's the rule five draft mm-hmm. and, it's a complex thing. So I unknowingly to myself set myself up pretty well by being well versed in this stuff as a player. So yeah, I, I have, I have a couple of those connections and, and then the hard part too, is some of your, some of your buddies aren't, aren't high enough caliber to represent, you know, like mm-hmm. some, some of your best friends, cool. They might make the major leagues, but are they going to make the company any money? No. So it, that's, that's been a hard one for me is some buddies who I know are just kind of waiting for me to call and, see if they want to sit down but it's just not it's not in the cards because it's a business wow so yeah not even the major league like you said because the major leagues control you for so long you know you're you, right you, you, so some guys in the major leagues you're just like yes yeah, not really making us any money great it's awesome you've reached your dream but yep. yeah but yeah know. if you debut it if you debut at 32 the way the contract structure is set up you're not going to be a free agent until 38 right <laughs> right so it's like yeah, like I would love to have selfishly have a major league player under my control, but at the end of the day, I'm just spending money. I'm not going to get back. Right. Um, so that's that's that was one too where the return on investment stuff and the business side of it, and you know, this is a company that that runs in, in a manner that they need to make money. I just, I guess, I kind of overlooked right. that part. Like I was like, oh, it's going to be so cool to sign my buddies, and right. you look at the numbers, and it's like, wow, it doesn't make sense to sign Johnny. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your expenses alone, you know what I mean, for traveling and all of that. Uh, the company's True. investing that in, into you, right? Uh, exactly. I really think you should give my gloves idea some thought. So keep keep that, you know. Yeah, I'll, I'll run it by Lowe's. Uh, in uh, I'll run it by Lowe's maybe in the next you know five six months. Okay, sure. thank you. Um, I need a couple cocktails first. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Uh, so if you if you don't get Tommy John, if you don't blow out your elbow, which is you know pretty rare for a position player, but it does happen. Um, does your career go differently right after you get drafted? Like, is that, is that 100%. the moment? 100%. Is that the moment? Yeah. Where you're like, this was a fork. I got drafted by Tampa. You were power hitting, you know, on base catcher. And yep. then you, you blow out your elbow. Yeah. The the best way to describe how I felt after that, but t- first to answer your question. Yes. Like I always, I, I truly believe if I don't blow out my elbow and miss the next three seasons with elbow issues, totally different story i feel like i would have been a successful major leaguer with kind of like the tools that i had coming in the pro ball they they looked they played really well mm-hmm. into the pro game um but again like that's that's your usual what you probably punch the air out when people say i was riding styles you know great for the 450 like everyone says it so <laughs> so it is hearsay and it is like my own confidence but yeah i think it goes completely differently um but the only way I can describe like the the feeling after I got back on the field after those surgeries is have you ever seen like Mike, the basketball movie with 
with Lil Bow Wow? No. Okay. Well, it, I wouldn't expect you to, but I know a lot of people have. It, this guy gets a, a pair of Michael Jordan sneakers at Goodwill, and he gets like these powers put into him, and he becomes this NBA basketball player at like 12 years old. Oh, my God. I know. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Right. But then he, lo- he loses the shoes, and then he plays like a 12-year-old again. And I, I, I felt like when I came back finally healthy after all those elbow surgeries, it was like I lost the magic shoes. Like mm-hmm. it never, I never felt as talented or as well equipped again right. in my whole career. Um, and it just never came back. It was the, it was the strangest, most puzzling. Um, I mean, there were some for the, my whole career, like when I was healthy, there were some really dark, dark stretches because for so long, all I knew was success. And then like, you know, I get this surgery and I don't play for three years and then it's just gone and it never came back. Yeah. Um, yeah so awesome. yeah, it was, it was a weird, it was a weird thing to deal with for sure. Thanks for listening to the fly race and racer X show with uh, Steve Mathis. I'm Steve Mathis. Thanks to motorsport.com. Go through the banner on pulpamex.com or pulpamexshow.com. Click on the banner, go to motorsport.com, place an order and uh, look at their great prices and look at their great customer service. And yeah, that'll help us out too, man. So if you like this show's, You can support them by ordering through those banners and going to Motorsport and all of that. Thank you to Motorsport.com, OEM and aftermarket parts, of course. Great prices, great return policy, all of that. The number one online moto retailer out there. And thanks to the folks at Cobolinks as well. Lowering suspension links from everything from Aprilia to Yamaha. If you're shorter of stature, your wife or girlfriend is, they're not that confident with the bike, get a Cobolinks and, uh, yeah, get some get some confidence and uh, increase your suspension plushness and more comfort on the motorcycle and all of that. You can get Cobolinks through motorsport.com or just Cobolinks.com, K-O-U-B-A, links.com. Code Pulpamex to get free shipping and a discount as well. So to a twofer on that one. Thanks to Cobolinks and... Uh, designed and made up there in Boise, Idaho. Thank you to Cobolinks, Motorsport.com, Maxis, and Renthal for coming on board the, the shows. All right, back to it. Yeah, I bet, right? Um, again, it's something that, yeah, you were on the fast tracks. So look, second round is is high, you know, and, and real good draft position indicating that you had some real good talent at some point. Somebody yeah, 70, yeah. 70, 70%. Like 68 or 70% of the guys who get paid what I got paid and drafted where I get drafted make it to the major leagues. Right. right. So, I mean, I'm for sure in the minority, and that that is something that – and it, ashamed is the wrong word. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is some, like, damn. Like, I literally had – I had it. Like, it was everything that needed to happen, you know, it happened, and it just just didn't didn't go that direction. That's probably one of the harder parts is, like, seeing that statistically you should have made it. There was no reason for you to not, obviously the elbow and everything, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was a wild, wild ride those couple years. So what you're telling me is this game used bat that I've been holding, um, you know, for a long time, isn't really going to make me much money. No, it's honestly worth more without the Sharpie on it. Probably. (laughs) Okay. Um, well, the, the good news though, bets for you is, uh, do we have more time for, to watching some racing now? Oh yes, I'm. Uh, I'm hoping we can get something worked out where I go to your LCQ race in Denver. Yeah, you want to uh, either lead the field on a parade lap or, or something. Yep. <laughs> okay. Yep, right. That's yep. what I want. Yeah. I got. I've got my own custom Fox stuff that I will be wearing. Mm-hmm. Brand of bike that I ride is TBD. I'm open to offers. Um, maybe I could do it on a Stark. What? What better? Uh, mm-hmm. 
what better uh, advertisement? Right, right. Um, we're working through all these things still, but yeah, I mean, look, you're a huge yeah, it's fan. Fluid. It's fluid. You're a huge fan of Moto. Um, so now you've been trying to sell this 05 forever. Maybe you should hold on to it. Yeah. Yeah. I, see, Kiefer made me an offer a while back. He's like, hey, if you ever sell the bike, you can just come up here and borrow one of mine. And please, I, if you want to ride, I'd love to support it. Like, you know him. He just he wants everyone to be on a motorcycle, even mm-hmm. people who shouldn't be like myself. Um, but, yeah, no, the 05's got to go. It's okay. got to go. So uh, I need I can't I can't be doing carburetors anymore. It's not. All right, well, it's not for me. DM bets if you want a hell of a deal on an 05 CRF 450. Yep, you name your price, okay. you can have it. Uh, also, um, now you don't have to really hide that you used to ride once in a while. Oh, yeah, it was the best. That was the <laughs> highlight. I, you know what You know what was the stupidest thing ever was it would always rain, and, and the, the I think I went out with Kiefer twice, and mm-hmm. I went out with Connor Olsen and Kenny Day probably three or four times, and – they would always text me and I would always have a day where it worked perfectly like two weeks before spring training. Mm-hmm. And you, you could not pick a dumber time to go ride a dirt bike <laughs> than before going to a major league spring training. I'm two weeks before I went to big league camp with Tampa Bay. I was riding with, with Connor and I'm like, if I just so much as dab my leg in the ground the wrong way right here i'm gonna miss out on my first major league camp and then that's and then that thought you know goes out of your head and you go back to almost killing yourself in the rain ruts of right. the high des right <laughs> but yeah i i love it man i like and it's it's actually such a relief that i can talk about it now like i just there's something about no matter how shitty i am on a dirt bike like just being on a motorcycle and riding it around, like, ah, it just brings me so much joy. And like, you know this, I've nerded out with you about it, but I like, it's something I want to do for the rest of my life. It's something I'm excited that I get to do now and like try and learn. And Mm -hmm. um, maybe they'll make a D class for me at World Vets. Yeah, maybe. I could, I could, I could need some representation down the road somewhere. So keep yeah, that in mind. We, we could get yeah. a deal done. JT's gonna have to go through me now. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. I think that would be fantastic. I mean, your strength isn't in the moto industry, but I feel like you could adapt it pretty well. So, yeah, we. I'm sure it, it could cross over. Yeah, for sure. Uh, speaking of, you know, your guy AC uh, also has been battling a lot of things lately, and still battling some things. Uh, he's had some moments like you, and it's odd. It's not odd, I guess. That's the wrong word. Uh, it is. Um, it's. Uh, I don't. I don't know what the word is. But both of you guys, good friends, right? Uh, amateur stars, let's call it, and pro stuff. Although Adam won a championship. Uh, let's not forget that. Mm-hmm. Adam won. Adam won. Adam's won on every level except for 450 Supercross. Um, you know, which I guess is a little different from you. But I'm sure you guys have you know leaned on each other at times. Oh my God! Like I, I think all your listeners. They, they, I'm never this serious, honestly, I think with you on, on, uh, on the show. No, this is probably the most toned down I've been. I, um, I would think so. Yeah. That, yep. that guy is, and, and again, like there's no bullshit. It, he helped me. He kept me afloat, dude. Some of the times that I would, I would call him driving home from the stadium when I'm on the East coast and he's on the West coast and I would just let it rip. Right. Like, just, just as he would, or, or, you know, we, like you said, like we had a uh, similar career paths in the terms of, we went through some very tumultuous times and dark places. Um, but man, that guy, like it, for me, it goes Hannah and then my folks and Adam is like, 
kept me going and kept me in a positive state of mind. Um, and he is one of the most, I guess, resilient people I've ever met. And for all the shit that that guy's been through, the fact he's still going and the fact he's still himself and smile on his face and like level headed, it's mm-hmm. just, it's mind blowing to me. Um, but yeah, he was instrumental in me, like maintaining just being a good human being, let alone showing up to work every day. Um, some of the times we would talk, I would go in like super pissed off and I'd leave there just like inspired to just be, go be a good fucking person and like not be a piece of shit as much as I wanted to. And as much as, yeah. you know, shit was hitting the fan. Um, and like, like you said, like he's gone through stuff on the bike, off the bike, you know, there, there's no, there's no limit to the shit that he's gone through. Same with me. Um, so to have someone like that in my corner who, who I could just bounce things off of. And another big part too, is I, I have plenty of friends in baseball that I'm close enough with where with something happens in my personal life, I can call. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's just different. Like, I don't, I don't like complaining about baseball to baseball people. Right. Cause right. I just, I feel like it, we've all been through it and it's like, you turn into this woe is me. Like, Hey man, shut up. We're all dealing with this. Um, so for someone who's not in the sport to just hear you out and like, listen to you as just a person and not a baseball player. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, was, it was great. So yeah. he, he kept me on track for sure. It was, it, I'm very grateful for it. You going to drop into Anaheim one. Oh yeah, I'll be there. I think, uh, I actually just texted him today with how many tickets I needed. Oh boy. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I got to follow up. Well, I may hit you up for some baseball tickets. Please do. Make me feel somewhat useful. Pookie and I were eyeing the schedule for the Jays game, so. And Yeah, let me know. You had the phone number of the manager, but he got fired and you have no clients on the Jays yeah. and you have no connections to the Jays, uh so I can't Who uh, yeah. who's the new manager? Who got John, the new John job? Schneider did. He was from he was a uh, minor league guy forever, so. Yeah, I don't know him, unfortunately. Darn it, you can't blow me up for his phone number. No, no, I was really trying to get the number for the old manager to suggest some moves. We got to get we got to get a supercross at uh, the Rogers Center. Not going to happen anymore. Nope. No, they're remodeling really? it. Yeah, the Jays own it now and they don't want to have anything any other events in there like that. So, that won't happen again. Okay. Yep, that's it. Um, wow. So, at least bets, look, uh you got to go into real life now. You got to become a real person, but you don't have to go to an office every single day. Correct. So that's nice. Yeah, no, it's, like you're it's avoiding been that. good. I mean, right. I'm I'm avoiding that kind of. I do go into the office because there's there's you know I, I need to learn the marketing side of this stuff. I need to learn the the legal side of this. Like there's brains that I I sh- I need to go pick in that office to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I don't know. I think the thing that I'm most excited about, like you said, like I'm entering the real world. It still doesn't feel like the real world is just, you know, like I get to go do things like I can go. I, I was texting you about a mountain bike the other day. Like I really want to get a mountain bike. I really want to, you know, go to the lake with Hannah in the summer. Like I just want to, there's so many things that I've never been able to do mm-hmm. um, because of baseball. So that I guess for as, <clears throat> as hard as the transition's been for me, like personally, all of the looking at all the things I've never been able to do and, yeah. and them getting to be a part of my life now that that kind of writes the ship. So I, I'm really excited for in it. studio pulp show appearance. Yo, absolutely. I mean, I I can't come up on Monday most likely, but why? Try. Why can't you come out on Monday? Well, we're thinking about going up to Lake Mead for vacation, so I'll make sure we're up there on a Monday and we can do it. There in you the go. Summer. Yeah, perfect. Right, that'll work. Yeah, easy enough. 
Um, all right, so best moment for you as a minor leaguer? What that game? That second last game? Try winning the home run derby. That yeah. was just like stupid viral. Right. Um, the bat toss that was, around the world. Around that the was world. cool. <laughs> um, I love that. I have all of my ejections on film. I think those are cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, de- I wish I could say the places that I've seen, but I've seen way more of middle America than I ever wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, that's like me. Uh, like, I-, I drove as a mechanic for like six years around, and so now the thought of driving across America just brings me to, to throw up. I don't want to drive across America it's anymore. Just, right. No, I- I'm tired of buses. I- if, I- if I never get on a charter bus again, I'm going to – I'd be the happiest man on earth. Yep. Yeah. They're not even that comfy. And yeah. No. Oh, no. No, it's 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 a joke. Um but yeah, I'd say I'd say the home run derby. Um I would say the draft, but I knew that the draft was gonna be chaos even after I got picked. I'm just sitting there, my arm hurts while I'm just sitting on the couch with my family. Um but yeah, I, I had some I had some good memories. That that last game in Tulsa was cool. Hannah was there. Um, yeah. so right. I don't know. It was uh wasn't a great career, but it was fun. Yeah, I'm sure the off the field stuff, some hilarious moments stand out, right? So, oh, yeah. Oh my, yeah. That, yeah. I mean, those are. I don't think I have a single off field story that is suitable. I even allowed to be broadcasted. <laughs> um, I feel like the most PG version of it is like, oh yeah, we got we threw mozzarella sticks at each other in the chilies. Um, <laughs> I mean, you go to you go to enough karaoke bars in the middle of nowhere. You know, like you you go to a karaoke bar in Amarillo off off the forty. Yep, you're gonna have some good stories. Yeah, so yeah, for sure. Right? We 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 had our fair share of fun, and it's time to be an adult now. I feel like uh, unfortunately, twenty twenty three four fifty Supercross champ. What do you think, Adam? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Eighteen. Right. How yep. many rounds are eighteen? Seventeen for eighteen. Seventeen. Yeah, he'll win eighteen. Okay. I think well, I think we're gonna we'll we're gonna wrap it up, and we're gonna do a two fifty main. Mm. Finale for fun. Mm, that's interesting. I don't. Yeah. Think, I don't think those those yeah. the rules allow that, but that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, if uh, if Martin can run a two fifty till he's forty years old, we should be able to drop down for <laughs> okay. one day. All right, fair enough. I'll pass that on to the powers that be. Uh, yeah, I hope you can make some races. Uh, it'll be really good. Um, and yeah, welcome to the rest of your life. You know, I mean, again, not. I can I can totally relate in a sense, bets, in the sense that like. I was working so hard as a mechanic and those hours are insane and I had no life. I've told this story before, but uh, what you're saying reminds me of those days. Uh, Red Dog got injured and Yamaha wasn't even bringing me to the races on the weekend because I think we had another injury. (laughs) And so I wasn't even needed at the races. And I would do things with Pookie on the weekends and I'm like, holy shit, look at this. Yeah. A movie, you know. Oh, we're we're going down to the beach. Oh, we're gonna go it, to the mall. It's, <laughs> yes, it's it's funny you say that. Uh, a couple weekends ago, Hannah and I were sitting down and and we were just hanging out at the house and and I was like, "Fuck, I'm so bored." And and because like you know when I was bored as a player, I would just go into the call my dad and he would walk across the street and come throw to me in my backyard or or I'd go to the gym or I'd go on a run or whatever. Um, and she's like, "You want to do you want to go get a drink?" I'm like, "No, nah, I can't." And she's like, yeah, yes, you can. Yeah. And so we went to the bar yeah. for the first time. I've never been out in Long Beach, California, because it you just I don't have I can't just go out drinking. Like yeah. And now I'm you know I, I'm 
I'm, I went to the bar across the street from our house for the first time in my adult life. <laughs> <laughs> like little things like that. Like, Hey, you want to go walk the Christmas lights? Like you bet your fucking ass. I do. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't have anything else to do. Right. Um, yeah. so it's been good. It's been freed up. Oh, good, man. I'm, uh, yeah. You sound like you're in a good spot. Some of those uh, texts this summer got pretty deep and, and I, I, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. like I said, Lou Gehrig, yeah. Lou Gehrig had a better season when he was dying of ALS than I did. <laughs> it's great. Like point. that guy had a, degenerative disease that killed him and he got named after him and, and he had a better year in the major leagues and I didn't double A. Yeah. Like I was on the JV team just drowning. Dark side coming into town was like a highlight of the month for me. That's just not a good place to be. <laughs> tell, tell me tell me you're ready to hang up without telling me you're ready to hang it up. <laughs> like I, and I just remember it's like wow it's such a great fucking dinner that was so much fun and I'm like damn Chris like that's what you're getting that's what yeah. you're getting up for in the morning. Wow, yeah. this is not good. <laughs> well, guy, yeah, th- thanks uh, thanks for all the laughs over the years for sure while you were toiling away in our group text. It was great. I loved it. Uh, but, you know, it, it's good to see you transitioning on into this new career. And, um, yeah, man, you sound like you're in a good spot and it's going to go well. And you're a personable guy. You're a smart guy. And, yeah, I think uh, if you just do my little uh, Applebee's uh, catching trick, I think that that will probably help you sign some guys but you know hey besides that uh yeah man i'm glad that it's all well i mean also i i'll say too if anyone sees me at a1 i'm not gonna blow you off like steve well, you can buy me a drink and and we can have a conversation or talk a little bit oh, right thanks 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 for throwing that in there and, <laughs> hey what wh- you know also uh, i'm sure i have no doubt that you're going to probably one of your packages to uh clients will be uh, hey man i got a meat guy and uh i'll dial you in with my meat guy so well, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie, and you know his name, so please, I don't need you to repeat it on air. I, I'm not above using Moto as a recruiting tool. I may or may not have already been trying to get someone, you know, in the RV to meet Adam at Supercross to try and maybe swing him over a little there bit. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I, I wouldn't expect so anything else. I'm not above else. it. No. I wouldn't yeah, I'm ex- not above it. expect anything else. Uh, thanks for doing this, man. Appreciate it. Good luck in the next phase of your life, and uh, – yeah, thanks. Thanks for uh, uh, you know being part of the pulp world. Our listeners really care about you, and and I think that uh, yeah, this will be a nice podcast for them. So yeah, and I also, I mean, just I, I told you too separately, like I, the the listeners and the comments and in my comment sections and with the DMs over the years, like I mean, as I'm sure your listeners have figured out, like I went through some pretty dark uh, dark times over the last couple of years, and everyone that's in there, you know, always a bright spot, always make me smile. So. As uh, as ridiculous as some of the comments are, and as eye opening as they are, I do appreciate all of them <laughs> and all all of your listeners of your janky radio shows. They've been incredible to me. Ah, cool, man. Uh, thanks for doing this, Chris. Uh, and uh, yeah, talk to you soon, man. Thanks, Beth. Right on. Thanks, Steve. We'll talk to you later. This has been the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motorsport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. Thanks for listening and supporting our partners. Don't change the air. Don't change the thing.